la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Friendos, and welcome back to Action Action Podcast, the action movie podcast that watches all the action movies. We put them on our list. The list is getting longer. Um, I'm your host, James. I'm welcomed, as always, by my friendly host, Dustin. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, everyone. Uh, John is no longer among us. Um I don't know if he's ever coming back. To be honest with you, I mean, you guys gotta, you guys gotta reach out, tell us you want John back, so we can send him death him, threats, send him death threats, whatever it takes. <laughs> We're gonna days. flood him with mail. Tell him, hey, the people uh, want you back, or they're going to murder you, and we'll give you his address. I mean, he's really cucking it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, hey, guess what, friends? Uh, we're a part of the BFOP network. Uh, it's a network with other fine shows like Podcasting After Dark, Blast From Our Past, uh, Talking Back, The Horror One. The Horror One? What's it it's called? A long, it's a mouthful. It's Return, Revenge, Resurrection. Oh, yes. Exactly. And uh, you should go check them out. Um, listen to them. Enjoy them. Spread the love. You can also find us on Patreon. You can c- become a Patreon uh, supporter. You can, you know, make us, you know, pick a movie. Pick a movie and we'll watch it. Okay? Just do it. You'll love it. (laughs) You'll love it. Uh, But you know what? This week we watched a little movie called... What's it called? A Better Tomorrow. (laughs) A Better Tomorrow. Uh, sorry, I wasn't. I wasn't prepared. This is your uh, movie. You yeah, picked this I know, movie. I know. Sorry. Fuck. <laughs> this is why we don't do shit live, Dustin. Right. Yeah. Well, you'll fix it in post. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, 1986's John Woo vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, a better tomorrow. But before we get to that, Dustin, why don't you lay it on me? Let's hear the uh, seek or destroy. All right. What have I been watching? Now, let me tell you. I rewatched a movie that I watched a lot of times as a kid called I'm Going to Get You Sucker. <laughs> I'm Going to Get You Sucker. It yeah. sounds awesome. Now, it's a it's a parody of the black exploitation genre. Right. Uh, it was written and directed and starring Keenan Ivory Wayans as well as his brother Damon Wayans is in this. Um, there's also a bunch of actors who were in a lot of black exploitation movies like Antonio Fargus, Bernie Casey, Isaac Hayes, Jim Brown are all in this. Um, Kadeem Hardison, which we, who we saw in drive with Mark Dacascus a while back, he's in this. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's on Tubi. It's, uh, it's kind of like airplane, that style of humor, right? Naked gun, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but applied to the black exploitation genre. I loved this movie as a kid. I rented it many times. Uh, it's actually got a scene with Chris Rock in it when he's really young. He goes to buy ribs from Isaac Hayes, and he's really cheap, and he just wants to buy. Oh, I've seen he that wants clip. To buy one rib. Yeah, I'll get one rib, and <laughs> not a rack, but one rib. Uh, anyway, it's not as funny as I remember, but there are some really funny parts in it still. So I did enjoy going back and revisiting it. Nice. Um, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work as well as it did when I was like, you know, 10 years old or 12 years old or whatever. Right. But, but it's reasonably humorous. Uh, then I went, I watched The Night Flyer. This was a Stephen King movie adaptation of one of his short stories. It's a vampire story. Um, 
it's got really good makeup and stuff in it. It kind of feels like, well, I think it was made for a cable channel, if I remember right. Maybe HBO or Showcase or one of those. Showtime, sorry. Um, so it's not a movie that people really remember very well. Mm-hmm. It did come out on video, like you could rent it and stuff, but right. uh, I don't think it's ever gotten a Blu-ray or anything like that. I think maybe only a DVD release for it. Um, Can you watch it on TV? It's not on Tubi, no, so it's kind of hard to find out there. I think you you can buy it off Amazon Canada. Oh, okay. Uh, it stars Miguel Ferrer, who you'd probably recognize, a character actor in a shitload of stuff over the years, and he's he was George yeah. Clooney's cousin. He actually passed away a few years back. Um, he is like a tabloid journalist, and he starts covering this story about these people being murdered, uh, that somebody is landing a, a little plane, like a little, you know, Cessna. Cessna kind of plane in these small airports and he ends up killing the people there and he fucking sucks their blood or they're drained of blood so they don't know what's going on. So it's like a serial killer story. Right. So he goes on the trail. He's a pilot himself. So he flies to these little airports. Of course airports he is. And he's doing the stories trying to, and he's, and he's like a ruthless tabloid journalist kind of guy. Uh, there's a young woman who started working at the paper as well who is competing for the story. Um, and he's like this, he's, he's, he's a total asshole, this character, but he's our main guy that we're following. It plays out like a Tales from the Crypt episode where it's like, you know, it turns out it's him. No, it doesn't turn out it's him, but, um, he won't let go of the story and he finally catches up and yes, it is a vampire. So I'll ruin that much for you. But man, when you Uh, see this vampire, mm -hmm. he is fucking gnarly. The makeup job on him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun movie. It's it's just like a little, you know, it's a little movie. It's a made kind of made for cable movie, so it's not like uh, all the all the frills, but they did a good job with the gore and the makeup and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. nice to see that stuff cuz we don't really get it money anymore. Yeah. I uh, rewatched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Hadn't seen this in years and years. Jack Nicholson. I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah. Great fucking movie. Uh Milos Forman directed. Um and a great cast, Louise Fletcher, Danny DeVito with a full head of hair. He's one of the you know patients in, in the hospital that he goes to. Yeah. Uh, as well as Brad, young Brad Dourif, fucking Chucky. Uh, or you might remember him as the doctor on Deadwood. <laughs> and oh, yeah, many, yeah. Many other movies and roles, of course. Um, he's a super young. He's got like fucking zits in this. Christopher Lloyd is in there, too, in the hospital with them. Uh, yeah, it's just a really good movie about, you know, everyone knows Nurse Ratchet. She's like, she's not actually trying to help these patients. She's just trying to like dominate them basically and make them submit to her will kind of thing. Break them basically. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, really well done. Really super well acted, of course, by everybody in it. Um, it was good to revisit that. And then I went and saw the new Jennifer Lawrence comedy, No Hard Feelings. Just oh. came out in theaters last weekend. Uh, what? By the time people hear this, they won't What know. is this? This is a rated R like sex comedy. Uh, so Jennifer Lawrence, is she's kind of down on her luck. Or her house is going to get repossessed. And she lives in this like uh, sea town, seaside town where like a lot of rich people have kind of moved. And they're kind of like driving up real estate prices and oh, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. And she just works as like at the restaurant and doesn't have a lot of money. Right. She's a character who... Uh, doesn't get like tied down in relationships. She she goes with a lot of different guys and whatever. Um, but she needs some money because her car has gotten taken away and she, her most of her money is from Uber driving. Right. And uh, so this the parents of this college kid. He's about to go to college. Uh, the parents are Matthew Broderick and I forget who the actress is. They basically they put an ad out there like we need somebody to like show our kid a good time and like fuck him basically <laughs> because oh. he's so so, so nerdy escort. and so in his shell right like, right so she needs the money really bad so she decides yeah i'll uh i'll hook up with this kid and get, and then they're gonna give him her a car so okay which she needs so um <laughs> so i did hear something about this actually it people were getting all up in arms about it oh yeah yeah. Well, that doesn't surprise me because it's very much a. Uh, we don't see a lot of comedies like this these days. Well, it's like especially Pretty not, Woman, especially right? Especially not in the movie theaters. Um, yeah. Well, she's not really like she's not a prostitute, but she is doing this one thing because she needs to get this car, right? Yeah, you gotta do. What you gotta do. Um, 
it's pretty fucking funny. Like, it, I, I don't think this is going to go down as some all-time classic, but I wanted to go see it because we don't get any uh, rated R comedies in the yeah. movie theaters. We we rarely get sex comedies uh, these days. That's true. Um, so I was like, well, I want to go see it just because I want them to keep fucking making these kinds of movies. Yeah. And we just don't have them. So what did your dad think of it? Uh, he enjoyed it. He liked it. Yeah. He had fun with it. He didn't fall asleep. Okay. <laughs> so that's All a, right. that's an approval right there from him. All right. Um, so if you want him to go to your movie. Yeah. If you want to get my dad out <laughs> the movie. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, you know, it gets a little sappy towards the end with all the... But you know what? You know you you know that's coming when you watch this movie and like all that stuff the right. way it plays out. It's a little pat, but you know it doesn't need to be some subversive thing. It's just right. a summer comedy, and it has enough laughs that I think it's worth it. So uh, I had a good time with it. I was actually pretty surprised at some of the jokes in it. Um, like I say, it's just not the kind of thing. A lot of these movies aren't getting, really getting made now. So yeah, well that's cool. Last one I'll mention is I watched Bo is Afraid, the new Ari Aster movie, the guy that made Hereditary and Midsummer oh, horror movies. I haven't watched either of those. This is not really a horror movie per se. Mm-hmm. It's more like a three hour anxiety attack. And yes, oh. this movie is three fucking hours long. Great. <laughs> so this one, maybe not for you. It sounds like right out my alley. It is a fucking weird ass movie. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, he plays this guy living in the city, Bo. He's like anxiety ridden, kind of paranoid, seeing a psychologist. Um, He's supposed to go visit his mom on the weekend, but a series of events happen to him. And it's basically just like a long sort of odyssey that he goes on of crazy shit happening. Um, And you don't know, like, is this real? Is this all in his mind? Is like, what is happening here? And, and and it changes so much and so much crazy shit happens. I gotta be honest, I was never bored for a moment in this three hour movie. Now, hmm. that is a long fucking movie and there's no doubt, there's no way around that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I never got bored because you were always like, what the fuck is gonna happen next? And it was also like a lot of, even though it's not a horror film like those other movies that he made, it's it's certainly harrowing because it, it I felt like I was having an anxiety attack and I don't have that kind of issue right. personally. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Huh. It's it's a pretty wild movie. I had posted on our Instagram that I was watching this and there was a guy that actually was like, yeah, I actually had to like I was super triggered by the movie and I had to like take prozac or whatever you know some kind of medication crazy because it, it was like so upsetting to me he still watched it and, and like liked the movie so why would you watch it i don't know because it's a piece of fucking art there's no doubt about that this one is pretty divisive like people uh, you know are all over kind of on how what they think of this like some people fucking love it this is not a movie for everyone like this is right. a very specific thing right um I really liked it. I think Ari Aster's kind of fucking a genius. And then this is the sort of argument. A lot of people are like, oh, everyone, like there's people that hate Hereditary in Midsummer. People are like, oh, trying to be like artsy horror films or whatever. Right. Um, and I get that, but I don't know what everything he's done so far has worked for me. So I'm going to keep uh, keep watching his movies. Cool. But yeah. What about you? What are you watching? Um, well, the only thing I've watched this week is I watched... Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, nice. Yeah. So went to the movies with the kids. Jealous. Um, I'm jealous. I quite enjoyed... Uh, what You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. Oh, I'm surprised. I thought you would have seen it already. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's a long-ass movie, though. Is I think it? it's like two two hours, two and a half hours. Somewhere. Pretty long like for it's, a It's kid's pretty movie. long. Yeah. Um, I quite enjoyed it. It's like, uh, it's like watching a comic book. Yeah. Like, yeah. like literally the animation is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like you're literally in a comic book. That's what it feels like. Wow. So it's an experience I've never experienced watching a movie, especially superhero movie. It's something so different and I know it's a cartoon, right? But mm-hmm. Yeah, but they really like the animation. Even you know, I haven't seen this new one, but like the way that they went with the animation in the first movie was like, "Hey, this is something different. Like this is actually refreshing." Was we've had, we had our two D animation yeah. forever. 
then we now we've been in this long long phase of the of the you know the digital the you know cg yeah. kind of computer animated stuff for i don't know what time. you would call this yeah well i think it's kind of a mix of stuff i think they're doing several styles at once kind of thing um yeah i i just i loved what they're doing and i i was talking to someone today about it it's just like i'm so done with superhero movies mm-hmm. but this, this movie <laughs> this is its own thing it doesn't count at all mm-hmm. like it's a completely its own thing and i just love the storytelling like it's so immersive you get into like all these different like multiverse and mm-hmm. It's insane. Like there's the comedy, the heartwarming stuff, like all the, you get everything. And um, the only complaint I have is that you get like two hours or whatever into it. And the way it ends, it's oh, right. such, a, it's it's such like a cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger, right? Because it's another part coming. Because, and this is, I think, a, a thing with superhero movies. Like, this is what they do. It's like I mean, that's what comic books do, right? Like and that's each, what somebody said to me. Each issue ends. And it's somebody like, said to me. Gotta have that hook. Today. And it's like, actually, it's exactly like how a comic book went in. And I'm like, never thought about it that way. Yeah. But it's true. So I'm super stoked for the next one. Like that's, I how can't a dr- wait. that's how a drug dealer makes his money, James. <laughs> yeah. On the comeback. Yeah, uh, I guess that's. I never did drugs, so <laughs> I don't. I don't know that. Um, but highly recommend watching it. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. My kids loved it. Um, yeah, I got to see that. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. It's probably gonna win awards. I like, imagine so. I mean, the last I've like, seen, the last I, one did. I try not to watch a lot of trailers these days. Usually. Uh, I saw like a little snippet of this and even the animation looked like it was even crazier than it had been in the first movie. Like it's insane. It's yeah. I don't even know how to describe it other than, yeah, like the animation, it somehow gets better and steps up from where it was before. But I think it's the mixture of, the layers, the different universes, the different styles when right. you go into different universes too. Uh, it just, you feel so immersed in a comic book. Right. And we're already seeing this influence stuff like that new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon that's coming out later this summer. Yeah. Is going for this kind of style of animation too. I'm so, so excited for that too. Yeah. I hope that's good. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, yeah. So, I highly recommend if if you haven't seen it, go watch it in the theater. If you can't, then watch it when it comes out. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be out in like two two weeks or something. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, so that's basically all I had time to watch. So nice. So uh, let's get to the movie we watched this week. There is definitely not going to be a trailer that is going to make any <laughs> sense. Just lots of explosions and gunfights, maybe. Yeah. Uh, So we'll be right back. All right. So A Better Tomorrow. So 1986, uh, a runtime of an hour, 35 minutes. This is uh, John Woo written and directed um so a reforming ex-gangster tries to reconcile with his estranged policeman brother but the ties to his former gang are difficult to break yeah yeah so so is uh, that accurate yeah i think so i mean it's very simplistic but without getting into all the ups and downs of it but um, yeah yeah so had you seen this movie before james nope never seen it before um I knew this was one of those... I knew it was a John Woo movie. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was one of those movies that people talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a very influential movie. So never seen it. Didn't even know what it was about. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even read the synopsis Yeah, I just went in. I just went in. Yeah. So not the movie I thought. <laughs> and okay. I think that kind of threw me off a little bit. Okay, yeah. As I went through, I'm like, okay, like I'm getting the John Woo like, mm-hmm. if I didn't know it was John Woo, I'd be like, this seems like a John Woo movie. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So why don't you tell me what your... Uh, yeah, so uh, seen it, I haven't seen it in quite a while. Um, it was not one of the first John Woo movies I saw. Like, I think I saw The Killer and Hard Boiled uh, first. And, of course, Hard Target and <laughs> stuff. Like, I kind of worked backwards from yeah. Hard Target. Um, but then I guess it would have probably been the next one after those uh, that I saw. And where did this come out in, in the, like... Yeah, so it wasn't like it was released or at least... Um, and, you know, it didn't get any kind of wide release in North America at the time, but I think you know in the in the mid '90s, late '90s, we started to see a lot of Asian cinema stuff and Hong Kong movies pop up, and you started to be able to rent them. So stuff, even though it, you know this came out in '86, maybe by '96, '97, somewhere in there, you could rent this. You know, um, and actually, the first time I think I saw any footage from it was. In True Romance with Christian Slater, uh, a movie that Tarantino wrote. Right. He didn't direct that one, but he yeah. wrote it. And there's a scene I think where they're watching it on TV in, in like for a few minutes or whatever in the in the movie. And I'm like, I know Tarantino wrote that into the script. <laughs> like yeah. that was part of his screenplay. Um, and that's where the first time I saw footage of it. And I think it's the scene. You know, we get sort of a little ways into the movie where he Chow Yun Fat goes to assassinate all the dudes at the like at the restaurant or whatever, like the, right. the dim sum place or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I rented this way back when, and I've seen, I saw the, you know, I saw all three of them. This is a trilogy of these movies. Yeah. I didn't realize that until I'm looking right now. Yeah. Now, the only the, the first two are directed by John Woo. And the third one is actually directed by Shoy Hark, the guy that played Panadol in uh, yes, madam that we watched a, a couple weeks back. Oh, okay. So anyway, yeah. So, I hadn't watched these in, a, in quite a while though. Like I might, it might be even longer since I saw this one than Bullet in the Head, which we did a little while back. Yeah. So, but it all came back to me as I was watching it. Like I remembered it all. Um, and I'm basically just picking Hong Kong movies from now. Yeah, on. right now you're doing you're on a Hong Kong kick, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, I actually really enjoyed rewatching this. And it was not one of my ones that was one of my favorites from back in the day mm -hmm. because like I saw hard boiled first and the killer first. And those are probably like peak woo to me. Yeah. Um, and this is the beginning of his action movie career. So well, like, yeah. he had directed other stuff before this, but this is where he started to carve out his niche. Uh, and this is also like Chow Yun Fat again. He had been in other stuff before this, but this was the star making role for him in this movie. Well, he's so he's so cool. He's the coolest motherfucker like, ever. <laughs> he yeah, uh, he is so cool, so likable. Like you yeah, just want to cheer for the guy. Um, but yeah, so so you this came out in eighty six, eighty seven. A better tomorrow came out. Eighty nine, uh, the killer. Yeah, and just heroes. Yeah, so I mean, like this period yeah, between ninety three, eighty six to ninety three, right? Yeah, because then you got in nineteen ninety, bullet in the head, ninety one, once a thief, ninety two, hard boiled, yeah, ninety three, American hard target, yeah. and then you go into broken arrow, right? Face off. All well, I guess face off ninety seven. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so rewatching this like. I was not sure how I was going to take it because, again, it doesn't, it's not as action heavy as those movies, like Hard Boiled and stuff. I was expecting a lot more action. Yeah. I, yeah, I kind of worried about that going into this. Right. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to have as much action, and but I kind of really enjoyed it for watching it as sort of, I don't know, like the the proto like this is the this is the formula he started to make and you're seeing kind of the beginnings of that here yeah and it's a bit more raw and a little bit more sloppy in terms of right the action isn't as nailed down as what he does later although i do think the action is fucking awesome in this movie it's just not as smooth and there's not as much of it as he would layer into his later movies but i actually got into the story here when i was watching it this time uh similar to like bullet in the head i was in i was into what these guys were doing um i kind of got confused by the story for a little while like i didn't yeah. know what was happening by the end i kind of was like oh, okay i, I kind of get what's going on it's one of those movies that i feel i'm gonna have to re-watch yeah, yeah um to appreciate um but uh 
it's just weird. It, it's weird going into having one expectation. Then it's like, okay, it makes sense that it's like one of his first yeah, ones. You can see that. It's then like you can see he's forming who he is. Yeah, exactly. It's just not, it's not all the way there yet. Yeah, exactly. But as, at the end, I'm just like, I really appreciated the like, it's basically a love story of the two friends yeah. and how much and they bro- care. And a brother. And mm-hmm. a brother and a strange brother. Yeah. I guess. I feel he's like the third wheel. <laughs> really. But uh, Well, it's because he's not likable in the movie. <laughs> well, he's not likable. But like it's really about the two of them. Yeah. Right? But um Well, I think there's two stories, right? There's the friendship yeah, and, the there's a and the and then the B story, the brothers, right? right? Yeah. So um, but it's just, it's like sad and depressing yeah, because of like how it's a bummer. The, the story plays out, right? Yeah. It's not like a, it's not a better tomorrow. <laughs> it's a fucking worse tomorrow. <laughs> well, it's a better tomorrow maybe for the brother. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I get <laughs> yeah. the symbolism of the, like, it's a better tomorrow now for the brother, but it's like, I think also it's sort of like aspirational, like this guy, by the way, the the main character um, played by T. Lung, uh, Ho, in the movie, he he is in search of a better tomorrow, right? Like he gets out of jail. We should we should go back. We should get into the plot here. So, Ho and Mark are they work for a criminal organization? They're kind of high up in the organization. They're you know, um, Mark is lower, but he's he's in there. Um, Ho is going away on to do this this deal. He has like a bad feeling about it, but he also is at the point where he kind of wants to get out of the game. Like his brother, his younger brother is training to become a police officer, so he's feeling conflicted about his life and all this stuff. So and his dad is like you're going to stop doing this, right? Yeah, you got to you know, get to get out. So this is kind of going to be his last deal thing that he's involved with. Um, but when he gets there, he realizes that like, there's something off. It's like some kind of setup. Um, and yeah, shit goes haywire. We get a shootout sequence there with him and, uh, we should say him and his younger protege, Wise, played by Wise Lee, who was also the asshole in Bullet in the Head. <laughs> he was the one who <laughs> fucking needed that gold. He needed that gold. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's playing a similar role here where he's a fucking, right. he's the asshole guy again. So he's kind of like this. He's great in this role. Oh, yeah, he is. He's perfect for this. There's a reason, I guess, they cast him in these types of (laughs) (laughs) roles, right? Um, He's kind of, like, learning to be a gangster from Ho, and, like, uh, you know, this whole movie has got another time. It's got a time jump in it, too, um, where we come later, and he's, like... three years later. Yeah, yeah. three years after he gets out of prison, Ho gets out of prison, and then we see Wise Lee is, like, become... He's, like, now the taking that role in the gangster association and he's like an asshole and all this. But, um, so Ho goes to jail. He turns himself in and he's like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give myself up. You go, you get away. Uh, he says to Shing. And, uh, so he goes to jail. In the meantime, all that shit going down, their dad gets, they get attacked and killed, right? Like his dad gets attacked the brother is able to fight the guy off with the help of his girlfriend. Uh, or is that supposed to be his wife? I wasn't really clear on that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Either way. I think at this point, it's his... Cause I once think it fast-forwards, I think. I think the guy attacks him once he gets out of jail. Does he not? Yeah, I think he... He, he attacks uh, the dad? Yeah, I think he attacks him then. No, no, no. No, it's not. Sorry, it's not then. They attack him when he when he gets taken in because oh I see I think they want to make sure that he doesn't say anything or whatever so uh, the don't, dad gets killed don't say anything we just killed your dad <laughs> yeah. I, I'm confused by that isn't it don't say anything or we'll kill him <laughs> well when they when he gets out though that's when you know his brother is so pissed at him because because of his lifestyle it led to their dad being killed right right um, Leslie Chung is the brother Kit. Um, and then we find out like Mark, he gets sent to kill those guys in that, uh, in that restaurant. That's probably the, one of the best sequences in the movie. Yeah. Where and that is the, the one that feels so John Woo. Yeah. He hides the guns in the plants and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
and that's just awesome that stuff just blasting yeah. fools yeah he's so fucking cool like has anyone ever he's been so as cool, cool on film i think there's i only, don't think so there's maybe a few other people that you could name that were in that echelon of coolness and not many and uh, i don't know if any of them are taught would top him but i don't think so like he's cool as fuck yeah like him smoking a cigarette yeah or him just with a match hanging out of his mouth yeah <laughs> like he's so cool um, but he's like shoots all those fuckers as he runs out of bullets. He drops those guns and he backpedals to where he's planted another one in the plant. So just yeah. when the next guy comes out, he's ready to start unloading again. Uh, all that stuff looks great. Um, and this, this thing, even though it has these action sequences, it does feel like more of John Woo trying to do like a crime drama. Type it's very movie, much right? a crime drama. Yeah. It's even bullet in the head, which is a, arguably a Vietnam war drama has way more action in it. Yeah. This has like a few big set pieces that are scattered throughout. Uh, it's only a 90 minute movie, but the pacing is a little off. I feel like, well, like, cause there's a lot of story here to get to between all these dramatic elements between these brothers and these friends and this, the criminal organization trying to bring him back in and all that stuff. It's all classic stuff, but I, you know, if you're, if you're wanting a woo slam bang, you know, yeah, but doesn't John Woo kind of do that? He just, his story is just to piece together the set pieces he has. Generally, right? yeah. Although like, in this one, I feel like he's a little more invested in the storyline. Yeah, like uh, Hard Boiled. Yeah, there's there's not much of a story there. No, right? it's you have the tea house, then you have the warehouse, then you have the hospital. Right. right? <laughs> and then there's just like stuff between. It's just all have. this, <laughs> yeah. you know, jargon in between. Mm-hmm. Just to get and to he, I mean, like, he always plays with the same themes of, like, loyalty, friendship, brotherhood, Yeah, and honor. cops and robbers. Yeah, cops and robbers, honor stuff, right? Um, I do feel like the story, he was more, he was trying to do more of a dramatic thing here than in hard, something like Hard Boiled, right? He was, but, like, Bullet in the Head, like, that story was, like, amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was like, holy fuck, this is saying something. But by then story. he really knows what he's doing, right? Right. So this I do feel like is a little sloppy in some of these elements, but I still was into it. I was still, and mostly because of the actors. I think the actors all do a really good job. Yeah. Um, like we, we talked about how great Chow Yun-Fat is. I think he's great as the friend. I think he gets good dramatic moments in this. Yeah. A lot of his expressions and stuff too, just like stuff he's saying with his eyes. Um. But, like, T. Long is really good as Ho, I thought. Like, he's great. Um, and, like we said, Wise Lee as the scumbag gangster Shing is really good. So all of that stuff made the story work more for me, even though there's kind of some sloppy elements. Like, okay, Ho goes to jail for three years. Then we, we've seen this shootout with Chow Yun-Fat. And then, oh, by the way, now because he got shot in the leg in that shootout, Oh, he he now just like cleans the gangsters' cars for them or whatever. That's like sloppy, right? Like we didn't we didn't have the proper. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I when I saw that, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. But then he says later, like I waited for you. He's waiting for Ho to get out of jail, yeah, so and, we could resume their kind of friendship and their criminal enterprise. Yeah, so I kind of got from that like he can't do it. Or he doesn't want to do it. Like, because I think he can do whatever he feels like. Like, if he wanted to, he could be a I don't know. See, that's the problem. Like, the script isn't clear here. Yeah. So, like, I think. I'm just reading into how much of a badass he is. Yeah. But I think it's like they want you to think, um, oh, because he fucked up his leg, like, they didn't want to use him anymore for the kind of things that they used him for before, which, you know, was like going in and fucking up a whole bunch of people. Right. Right. So he's now, it's like, he's gotten to the point where he just fucking cleans their cars for money. Like they throw some money at him on the ground. Like, here you go. You fucking schlub, like (laughs) deal with it. Um, so you're supposed to get the sense. I think that he's fallen quite a ways from when he was this cool hitman guy. Mm -hmm. Um, but it doesn't do a good job of sort of showing that transition for him. Cause then as soon as Ho is back, he's like, Oh, I'm cool again. Like I'm a cool gangster guy again. Like they go to that bar and yeah. wise Lee is trying to like convince Ho to come back into the organization. Yeah. It's like, let's get back to it. Let's go to the top. Like, yeah. So, um, and then Mark is acting super cool. Like he's Mr. Cool tough guy again. I feel like that part's like a bit sloppy cause it's kind of jumping around like, 
yeah. okay, we saw him as as the Mister Awesome Killer Cool Dude. Now we saw him as this like down on his luck, injured guy, hobbled guy. And now right away his attitude switches back again. Like, no, I am cool. Fuck you. It doesn't feel like I don't know. It's just that, something off there. That's why I think what you're supposed to <laughs> get from that in the whole movie is it's really it's just about their relationship. And like Maybe you he know, feels Mark, empowered again now that yeah, Ho is back or whatever. Yeah, I think like Mark can't do it without his friend. Right. And if his friend's not there, he's he's basically come to just washing cars, washing windows. Yeah. Like he can't do anything. I don't know. Like it it feels like a love story mm-hmm. in the sense oh, of yeah. like Woo, how much the brotherhood stuff is always big time in woo movies, right? Right. But it's yeah, it just it comes across of like it it's just not what it's not worth it. Like uh I can't do anything without you. So now that you're back, now I, now I can do it again. Yeah, like, maybe that's what it is, right? I think you maybe you're right. They're onto something there where now Ho's back. Okay, yeah, I can be the cool guy that I was even though I got to limp around or whatever. Yeah. Like I can we can get back to what we we're doing. And of course he's frustrated cuz Ho is like, "No, I'm out. I've left that life." Like he goes to work at the fucking ta- taxi place, yeah, the, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I like love that, that stuff. I like all that stuff and the guy who runs it and stuff. He's like, "We're all convicts yeah, here. Yeah, all ex-cons here, <laughs> whatever." Um I actually liked all those elements and you know, uh the brother is so pissed at him. So like you understand why the brother is how he is, but he is fucking annoying <laughs> in the movie, he's right? He's so annoying. Like he's super self righteous and won't give Ho any opportunity and I mean that's just the way it's it's gotta be written for the drama. Yeah, I get it. For the drama to play out the way that it does. Even but. his wife, I'm guessing it's his wife now at the time, mm-hmm. is it, like, Come on, you need to like let it go. And yeah. And he's but. just no pissed. Well, and then we see it is it's affecting him at work because they're like, we can't have you on this case because your brother is this person. He was a gangster. So you can't be involved with this anymore and you're not going to get this promotion and this kind of stuff. Right. So he's like fucking pissed about that. Maybe so, he should have just been a gangster. <laughs> he should have just been a gangster. Not this cop bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that righteous shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. I liked watching this now. I remember like you, I think being kind of a little bit bored by it back in the day because I had already seen hard boiled and I'm like, well, this isn't someone getting shot every 10 seconds. Well, and that's kind of what I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. And like, I didn't realize where this was in Wu's career. Right. In his filmography. Right. So, um, but at the same time, this movie is the skeleton of like what he's going to keep doing. And a lot of it still fucking works in this movie. Yeah. I like the story stuff. The action sequences are awesome. Like we've got that later one with Chow Yun Fat where he's in the parking garage and he goes like rolling on that cart and stuff behind cars. Like that feels like classic Wu stuff. That guy comes like jumping over the roof and he like shoots him and he falls and his head goes through the window and stuff. Like you get those moments and the, and the finale is awesome, which we'll, we'll get into. But, um, I don't know. There's enough here, and rewatching it, I just kind of really appreciated it for what it was and what it would sort of lead to. I guess it's like hearing—I don't know—it's like listening to a band's first album, where it's like, oh, the third one is where they get really fucking good. Right. But you can see like you can see how they got going. there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I could see that. Like I said, I mean, you can see. John Woo in the different scenes, like that scene where they're at that um, temple or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you get yeah. the feeling, like the, the bells jangling. Yeah, stuff. you get that feeling, the John Woo feeling. So the showdown kind of vibes that he yeah, always wants to yeah. have. There's the just spaghetti western. There's kinda. no doves. No doves. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? No. Where doves. are the doves? <laughs> well, you know the funny thing is too. Like now it's been just as long since I saw Better Tomorrow 2 uh, I do seem to remember thinking that one has more action in it than the first one because uh, again it's like you know he's been making movies now right um, and Chow Yun-Fat is in the second movie and you might ask yourself yeah I'm just how I was is gonna that, look how is that possible you would say <laughs> it doesn't really matter it's because he plays the twin brother of Mark in the second film if I remember see, right see this is what movies (laughs) and studios need to do more often if you kill someone off 
You just bring them back. Bring them back as the twin. That's exactly what we said yeah. with Expendables. Yeah, for Expendables. That's right. Bring Van Damme back as the, t- the that twin. That would so good. It would have fit perfectly. Um, and then, you know, the third movie is a prequel. Oh. So it's supposed to happen before this stuff. So um, I guess, yeah, I guess we would have seen what Chai and Fat and... Uh, like their rise to and that. And T-Lung were doing beforehand, yeah. Hmm. But uh, I don't remember the third one at all. And I'm pretty sure I saw it, but I just have no memory of it. Um, I know it's not thought of as highly as these first two. Right. Um, and that's the thing. Like, this movie, despite not being the full-blown woo that we would get later, it was super influential. Like, it came out. It was made for really low budget. It didn't have any sort of, like, advertising campaign or anything. They put it out, and then it was, like, a huge hit. And then mm. all these movies and directors and stuff started ma- trying to make movies like this. Right. And this is where the iconic Chow Yun Fat like imagery comes from. Like, well, yeah. Him with the guns, the two guns. Him with the 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 match or whatever hanging out of his mouth. And yeah. The glass him, sunglasses. him with the the money. He, exactly. Him lighting the cigarette with the burning <laughs> counterfeit bills. And like. I never seen this movie, and when I saw that, I'm like, oh, this is the movie that yeah. this shot comes from. Yeah, exactly. Because I've seen that shot so many times. Yeah, it's one of those, just an image that you've seen, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. Chilean Fat is so fucking good. You know, you watch this, and you're like, okay, I know why this guy was like, people latched onto him, and were like, this is the guy. Like, this is the fucking guy here. It's amazing that there's not, like especially in like Hollywood that there's not more people that have this and I don't know what it is. Obviously you can't teach it. Certain it's just I don't know what. You have this charisma, this Yeah. This You exude a certain I, aura like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just you are whatever it is. They have it. I don't know. Fuck. What do I know? What it's called? No, I know. What, like, I know what just... you mean. Like even your thing early in the movie when the three of them, the three friends, are sitting in the bar, having a drink together before they're gonna go off and do their deals and stuff. And there's just something about Chow Yun Fat. Like, it, just, but like, even in all yeah. the other movies, like, uh, was it Full Throttle? Is that oh Full Contact? Full Contact. Yeah, yeah. Full Throttle. That's a completely different movie. <laughs> uh, like he's so badass in that one too. Yeah. He, like, he just is. He, he just is. He just is. <laughs> exactly. He just is. Um, but yeah, he's very soulful. I felt like in this movie too, like you get across the pain he has cause he's waiting for his friend and he's so frustrated with what's happened to his life in the meantime. Um, the yeah. way that he's been oh, treated totally. by the organization that he was so loyal to and all this stuff. And that's like watching this. I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, I know all the other movies he's in. I've watched some of the other movies and like how cool he is, how badass he is. I'll watch this and be like, this motherfucker's got range. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Even though this is also a gangster movie. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, this fucking guy. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too. Like, and we talked about with Bullet in the Head, you know, Chow Yun Fat wasn't in that one, but Tony Leung in that movie yeah he's doing all this action stuff but like he was fucking emoting uh these actors are able to do a lot with with uh, you know with a script that isn't necessarily like oh cry your eyes out and be really dramatic but somehow they're getting across all these emotions in a movie where guys just like fucking gun each other down with with handguns in each hand kind of thing well and i think it's something to be said that when you watch a movie that's in a different language and you're reading subtitles yeah that a lot has to get across to you a lot can get across when the guy's speaking a different language you don't know the kind of tone necessarily that he's using or how he's saying certain words but just his body language his facial expressions mm. you can get all of this stuff yeah that says something too because I don't know about you, but the subtitles I watched they were horrible. were so bad. Like you have to like okay, here's the translation of what you just heard. Now I've got to translate the fucking translation they just gave me because it's so bad. Yeah. Like you can you can piece it together, but it fucking takes a little work on almost everything they say to like be. Yeah, so it takes a little work to figure out like everything they're saying 
from even just from this stuff like you got to piece it together yourself um but yeah i don't know uh i think it was a really rewarding experience for me to go back to this i hope that you will watch it again someday like i probably will someday watch it again i think you probably like it a lot more on a, on a rewatch probably because again it's that expectation thing like you're talking about where you thought you're going to get a certain kind of thing and this isn't quite there yet i i'll be interesting if we do maybe sometime we get to do the second one because i do think it has a lot more action in it as i recall right but of course we still got to do the killer uh which is one of his most classic movies and and of course we haven't actually ever released a hard-boiled episode so Jesus one day Christ, one, one day. day we'll get there we'll yeah. get there eventually yeah we almost got to do all the other ones first before we get back to it or something <laughs> yeah i mean yeah like I said before we started recording, I'm like, I, I'm going to need you to like convince me that I like this movie mm-hmm. because my, I think my ratings are pretty low. Like I know they're low. Yeah. But I, it is like even just talking about it, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like this movie is a lot better than I think it is. And I know, and it makes sense that like this is like one of his first ones. Mm-hmm. So, like that all makes sense so yeah probably on a rewatch i'd probably enjoy it quite a bit more well let me convince you even more let's talk about the fucking final action yeah okay let's talk about it so ho sets it up um he has stolen chow yun fat actually mark stole this like recording for him I can't remember what information is supposed to be on this, but no, it's the plate. Oh, the plate. They keep calling it the plate. Oh, it's the plate it's for the, the counterfeit plate for the money. counterfeit right, money. Right, right. See, I was trying to do that yeah. and I didn't piece that together until you know, like just before we recorded. Right. No, that makes sense. And but a lot of that again is the subtitles where it's like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on there. Um, yeah. He needs the plate for the counterfeit. So the business can continue like that. Ho sets up, okay, I'll give you the plate. I'll meet, I'll meet you, Shing, at this temple. Uh, Mark, of course, is with him. And then he tells Kit, like, he's been trying to convince Kit, his brother, the whole time, like, man, I'm, I'm, going str- I'm trying to go straight here. Like, I'm, that's what I'm trying to do with my life. Yeah. He realizes that's not going to happen, so he's going to try to, like, get paid off for this thing and then leave Hong Kong altogether because he's ruining his brother's life. Um, but he tells Kit, like meet us here that there's going to be a deal going down and if you want you can arrest me then right because that's what you seem to want to do you just want to bust me or whatever so everyone's coming to a head like all everyone's going to meet at once um so yeah the deal of course uh he hasn't he's given the plate to kit so he doesn't have it to trade right uh but they get the money from shing and then well he says it's a bomb yeah, he says there's a bomb, and then, like, Mark is like, oh, no, shit, am I going to open this case or not? Yeah. Um, and then he does, and then the money's there. Um, and then they kind of take Shing as, like, hostage. a hostage so they can g- get to the boat because they're at this, like, little dock thing. Uh, and uh, he's got, like, a whole ton of guys there. Like, um, a lot, a of, lot guys. of guys. <laughs> like a comical <laughs> amount of guys. <laughs> Well, this is where it really starts to feel like this is John like a woo, woo thing, yeah. right? Um, of course, he so he tells Mark, like, take off, here's the money, go, like, fucking take off. And he's like, I'll meet you like a little ways down or whatever. Um, but he's gonna stay there because he f- he needs to have the confrontation with his brother, like, he does, and he doesn't know if he's actually gonna get out of that, right? Um, of course, the brother shows up at the wrong moment, and the guys are able to take him, so now it's like a standoff where they've got. They've yeah. got Kit. He's got Shing, uh, and of course a giant shootout. I mean, breaks it's, out. it's kind of like okay, you're really gonna make a swap. Like, how is this gonna end? <laughs> right. It's, not when he's got like 200 guys or whatever. Yeah, it's not gonna end good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, so the shootout starts, and he gives his brother the gun, and there's that moment like, is he, he points the gun like at Ho, like yeah. Okay, and then no, he shoots. Starts shooting the bad guys, and they're like, "Okay, now they're teamed up. Him and the brother are on the same team here, trying to live." Um, and then, man, I just had such a fucking moment when all of a sudden, boom! Mark is coming back on the boat. Yeah, and he's got his machine gun, and he's just like fucking laying waste, guys, on the and he's on just land, blowing shit up, blowing shit up. Gas cans are exploding, and he has to come. Guys back. are getting launched. Of course, he knew he was gonna come back. Yeah, but I love how he's just like. 
his love for his friend is so much that he just goes on a rampage. Yeah, he just goes nuts, right? Like Right. And he even says to the brother, like, look at your brother. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? He's like, he's brave enough to change. Like, why are, like what's wrong with you, you fucking <laughs> pussy? Basically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so good. And then, man, when he hits land, he comes up. There's like a cargo container open that has a bunch of dudes in it. This is somewhat reminiscent of something we'll see in Hard Boiled later. He's got like an Uzi and he's just fucking spraying guys, <laughs> just mowing guys down like uh, left and yeah. right. Um, I don't know. This final shootout is pretty awesome. And he kills like so many guys. <laughs> so many. <laughs> guys are up it. on the boat. They're hiding behind, you know, crates and shit. And he's just... You know what? Like it, and I found this with watching Yes, Madam, um, and even Bullet in the Head. It's just like these Hong Kong movies. Part of the fun is the action, but also like, what kind of crazy shit are these guys gonna do as they're dying? Yeah, yeah, jumping off of shit, <laughs> yeah. landing on things. It's like, fuck, man, this guy's giving it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I love about the Wu action sequences. Like, they're just so stuffed with things. Like, okay, this guy's rolling over here, and we see the bullets hitting the ground all around and yeah. then pinging off the metal here, and the shards are flying. <laughs> and, like, like there's just so much happening in a, in a frame, right? Like, oh, yeah. Um, it just feels <coughs> crazy and exciting. Um, and even here, even though this isn't, like I said, isn't as smooth as what he'll do later... It's still pretty fucking good, <laughs> like this, especially this final sequence. Yeah, especially this sequence. Um, he really lets loose here. You feel like, like, because you had that moment where with the shootout in the in the restaurant earlier, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, but it's you know it's not extended a sequence, and same with the parking garage stuff. Like it's they're not long sequences. They're good. Yeah, but then this one is like okay, we're going full blown now. Yeah, um, and you get the. The classic, well, so Mark ends up dying. Yeah, he gets right? shot gets shot to shit. Um, but you get the classic where the standoff or the uh, the running out of bullets Yeah, with the, uh, what's the guy's name? Shing. Shing, yeah. And, and he's basically like, oh, I'm going to turn myself in. He's like, yeah, I'll turn myself in and my lawyers will get me out of this yeah, in no there's time. There's nothing you can do about it. But you're fucked. Like, you're fucked, bud. Right? And you're <laughs> like, oh, man, no, it's not, it can't end this way. Yeah. And then, yeah, the brother's just like, here you go. Gives him his, gives him his gun and kind of turns away. Because the brother has been so upright about everything, right? Like, he is that fucking Dudley Do Right guy. Yeah. Um, but here he's like, yeah, fucking kill him. Like, and then, <laughs> and then you just like want to start chanting like one of us, one <laughs> of us. <laughs> it's like, finally, man, fuck. And he blows him away. Blows him away. And then great squibs there on that death as I, oh yeah. And then, uh, you get to like, Hey, bring me in. Yeah. He cuffs himself and he's like, all right, yeah. you solved the case kind of thing. Like yeah. you're, you're going to be the big hero. Now, what's uh, the story with the one? There was like one guy, not, not in the police department, uh, that the brothers in, but it's like this other guy that's oh, been chasing John Woo. him. John Woo is playing that other part. He's playing like some other agent, like from a different agency, who are he's working together with these guys. But I didn't realize that was John Woo. That was John Woo. That's, oh, okay. Yeah, he's kind of. I'm like, this guy looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of like this asshole cop guy who. Yeah. He is, I don't know if he's supposed to be like Interpol or what, but like he's from some other agency that won't let the brother like be involved with the case and all this stuff. And, oh, he, I and see. he wants to nail Ho really badly right. for some reason, right? So you get all that stuff. Oh, yeah, there is that like loose end that they never really tie up. I guess it plays into him getting captured at the end, but like, like the gun. Well, there's yeah they they kill the old mob boss yeah like Shing has him killed and, and then they make like the maid testify that it was Ho and like yeah. identify him as the killer yeah and like we don't really come back to that I guess we're supposed to just think like oh he's gonna go to jail for that now or whatever. so in the second one is it him coming out of jail I don't fucking remember man so I'm I almost wanted to watch it last night to like but then I was like oh well I should save it in case we do it on the show at some point because here's my thing like so. He handcuffs him. He's turning himself in. 
he's going to jail. He's like, you know, it's time to be on the right side or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever he says. And I think, okay, so they fingered him for the, the killing of the old boss. Yeah. What about all the dead bodies on the ground? <laughs> like, do you think he's going to serve time for that? <laughs> He's going to jail for a long time. That's what I mean. Like this guy's not Let's coming see, this is, out. Here's one guy here. That's uh, twenty years. And this guy yeah. here is twenty years. This, this is like two hundred. You know what I mean? That's like, two thousand years consecutive sentences. Like no, Mark killed them all. Yeah, it was all it was Mark. Did you see him with that Uzi? <laughs> Shit. I mean, he did kill most of them. He did kill most of them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, with his fucking crippled leg, even he's in there kicking ass. Oh hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I I really liked w- watching it again. I had a really good time with it. Uh, again, not one of not one of the very top woos for me by any means, but like I think it's still a fucking great movie. Yeah. Uh, I think the story is there. It's a little rough, but I think it's enough done right that especially again because of the actors that it works for me. And I do think the action is awesome. It's just that its pacing is a little off because he hadn't found that balance yet. Right. And. You know, script was a little rough in places where some stuff needed to actually be worked out a little bit better. Yeah. To make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Um, and you know, some of it's probably lost in translation for us too, to a degree too. Yeah. So. But overall, like it's, I do like the story, and I do like, I like certain things in it, like the the taxi uh, company and. Yeah, those little touches. Like, like, little touches are nice. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, T. Lung, who isn't, he, he did a lot of like older Kung Fu movies and stuff too. I think he's really good in this. Like he's really strong. Like he's, he is the main character and Mark is kind of like the secondary character, but you can definitely see why it was Chow Yun Fat that emerged from this movie as like the dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, we're making a second one. You want to be in it? Uh, well, I died in the first movie. <laughs> ah, it doesn't matter. We'll find a way around it. <laughs> Your twin brother will be just as cool as you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, should we get to the ratings? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, uh, so I gave plot seven kills seven, uh, pacing five quotes and tropes six and personal reaction seven. So overall, six point four. Nice. All right. Uh, so for me, for me, it's all, I'm all just bumped up a little bit from you, right? So like, plot I gave eight, action I gave eight, pacing six, quotes and tropes I'm the same as you at six, and my reactions an eight. So my overall is a seven point two. Yeah. So overall, it's six point eight, which is guess what? The same score as the last movie. Holy we did. shit! That's weird. Remind me again what those movies were that we just talked about. All right. All right. So we got at number 75, we got Django, Five Deadly Venoms, The Raid 2, Sisu, Free Fire, and VFW. Man. I mean, part of me wants to put this ahead of everything. I might put it right after Django. I really like Django a lot. Yeah. Um, Django has a cool plot too and pretty sweet action um, yeah I don't know I could go either way I, I think I would either put it before or behind Django what are you thinking Um, I don't know it's tough I would say probably behind Django yeah alright let's go with that that's what I would think Five. De- I really like Five Deadly Venoms yeah me too it's a fun movie. Uh, it's a fun movie. But you know what? I think it fits right in between Django and Five Daily Venoms. So that's a new number 76. 76. All right. All right. Well, hey, you know what? Thanks for sticking out to this point. <laughs> you yeah. know? Keep sticking with us. <laughs> I appreciate it. And, you know, if you want more, hey, join us on Patreon. You can get some bonus content. Hopefully, you know, we can put more on there soon. If, Someone we got some, some editing. We got some in the can coming out <laughs> soon. Uh, but hey, you know what? Thank you for listening. You can um, catch us on Instagram. Talk to Dustin at Action Action Podcast. Our list lives uh, on Letterboxd at Action Action. We are currently at uh, 230 movies on our list. Holy shit. 
It's getting up there, that's for sure. Um, and we're a part of the BFOP network, so make sure to check out all of the other shows on our network. And um, that's about it. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Let's go, guys.